Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined with my co-host Max Mallow. And today we have a really fun episode. It's definitely going to be personal to both of us and I hope everyone enjoys it. Yes, the first horror movie that we... Um, I thought it was something funny. I flopped. Can I think of anything? <laughs> I was going to be like, the first horror movie we each cried to. No. Um, yeah, it's the first horror, or the best horror movies, rather, from the years that we were born. Um, 1993 and 1994. Um, both eventful years, looking back in history. I, you know, we wanted to include horror movies, but also talk about some fav- famous just historic moments from both of those years. And I didn't realize how much actually happened in the year that I was born. Yeah, me either. I like just quickly looked it up, like 1994 world moments, basically. And it was like all these different um, things that came out. Obviously, like looking back in retrospect, it's not something we remember if it's the year we were born because we don't remember anything, I don't think. Um, So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, So it'll be fun to look back at these movies and and see which ones are ones we've seen or just ones that are historic in terms of the genre uh, and movies as a whole. But, you know, there's also uh, some things to talk about when it comes to bad movies as well, because my year is actually riddled with terrible movies, which sucks. Yeah, I think my year has a handful of really great ones in general. But then when it comes to horror movies, there are a few flops, some I never heard of that were like, oh, it's straight to uh, VHS. I was going to say DVD, but no, it wasn't. Um, Nothing wrong with that, but, you know, there weren't too many heavy hitters in this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I Maybe we should have been born in a different year. Like, I wonder yeah. if, like, kids will be like, oh, man, I was born in the year Scream came out. Or if people even care about that stuff. Like, Yeah, it's the, cool. The most notable thing um, in terms of movies from my year, like, the one that at least caught my eye um, is something we talked about back during the March Madness episode for Zombies, which is the Return of the Living Dead series. And this third one is just... Uh, I've watched this movie multiple times as a kid. This movie's so bad. I can't wait to just crap on it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, cool. So before we get into our episode today, we need to shout out our sponsor for this episode. So this podcast is brought to you by Danae May and Mindful Health, featuring Danae May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. For the last eight years, Danae May has been a leader in the superfoods market and is proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. So for anyone listening, you can get up to 15% off when you go to the link uh, earthechofoods.com slash minute media, and then you just use the code minute 15 and you can get up to 15% off. 
Awesome. So before we get into our topic for this week's episode, of course, we have to do our weekly horror news roundup where Natalie has scoured the internet for everything you need to know in terms of horror. And there's some good news and there's some bad news. So Natalie, I ask you, which one do you want first? The good news or the bad news? The good news, I think. Okay. Well, the good news is we have a trailer for The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. The longest name in the history (laughs) of this franchise by far. Um, So yeah, the trailer, we both watched it. You know, give me your initial thoughts on it. What you think? Are you excited for it? Are you kind of like, meh, I don't really need this movie? I'm excited for it, definitely. Um, I was telling Max earlier this morning, like, I don't know if I'm just really desperate for a big horror blockbuster because we haven't gotten one in a while. But I really, I thought it looked good. And um, I like how it doesn't, it looks like there's more of a story rather than just like there's a ghost in my house and now Ed and Lorraine are going to come fix it, which worked for the first movie, but then it kind of lost me after that. So I think that um, this will be better than the second movie. It looks like it has the potential at least. Yeah. You know, we, we talked a lot about the conjuring universe during March madness with um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga about how awesome they are on screen and how awesome their on-screen chemistry is. And the first Conjuring is uh, not like a masterpiece, but definitely stands out from the last decade when it comes to the great horror movies. And it spawned multiple sequels, multiple spinoffs. And this one looks like it has an interesting take on like a criminal case of someone potentially killing somebody, but did the devil make him do it? I'm guessing the title probably has something to do with that. Um, But one thing is for sure. I can put a a good amount of money on the fact that this movie will spawn a spinoff in this universe that will focus on something else. And it might just be the devil. (laughs) Probably, honestly. Um, I could see that happening just because I'm sure this movie, even though, you know, it's coming out in the pandemic, um, I'm sure it's going to make a lot of money anyway. So they're just going to run with it. Um, And this movie is based on a true story, a trial of apparently the trial was called the devil made me do it case. Um, And I am assuming that it's because based on the trailer, I'm not giving away any spoilers that some, a man kills someone and then says the devil made me do it in court, I guess. Um, but I think it's interesting. I know that, of course, the Ed and Lorraine story, they're, that's based on real people and their real life experiences. But I think it is cool that this is based on a, a legitimate case that's happened. Yeah, we're, we're both not lawyers, of course. But <laughs> if I had to put any money on the fact that just like walking in and your defense was the devil made me do it. I think the jury's <laughs> probably going to look at you and be like. Okay, so <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that kind of aspect to it. It looks like it won't just be like a straight up like go into a house and have there be just a ton of jump scares all over the place with spooky looking things. Um, seems to have like a really important exposition when it comes to the court case and and uncovering um, what Ed and Lorraine Wilson can find when it comes to you know the demonic possessions apparently um, with this case because. You know, it's Ed and Lorraine Wilson. It's The Conjuring. There's going to be some spooky shit no matter what. So, yeah, uh, we'll probably review it on the show for sure. Um, yeah. It looks, uh, it, it doesn't look bad, which is surprising. I know you mentioned that, you know, it doesn't matter if it looked bad or good. You're going to watch it anyway. Um, yes. We just, 
need another fun horror movie to review. Um, even though, you know, Army of the Dead's coming out. Like It is. Come on, Army of the Dead over The Conjuring. <laughs> Zack Snyder. I'm Hashtag- watching both. <laughs> I know. I know, I know, I know. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Um, but yeah, looks exciting. Check out the trailer. Um, does a, a good job of getting people interested in what is the third movie in this specific timeline of the universe. But of course, there's been so many spinoffs. So I'm glad that we're getting back to Ed and Lorraine Wilson. Now, time for the bad news. The bad news is, unfortunately, for you Stranger Things fans out there, season four probably won't be coming out until next year, which is super sad because some inkling of us were just like, it's going to come out this year, right? There's going to be a surprise trailer drop or something. And summer will be great. People will be vaccinated and, We'll be still inside watching Stranger Things. Well, unfortunately, according to an article from CBR, it doesn't look like it's coming this year. It'll be in 2022 because that's what Phil Wolfhard said. He said he thinks new episodes are coming then. Yeah, I'm I'm annoyed. I'm very salty. It makes me annoyed because they started so they started filming last year and then they had to stop because of COVID, of course, like almost every other show. But then they started back up in late 2020. So what is taking so long? <laughs> I don't know. And then um, on top of what Finn Wolfhard said, uh, Netflix, I saw this week, they released a shareholder letter and they kind of got into like what should be expected for the rest of the year. And they had like you season three, Money High season five, a bunch of other shows and Stranger Things was not on there. And I'm just sad. Yeah, depression has set in. But um, yeah, uh, you know the obviously the the pandemic is something to take into consideration, of course. But yeah, I wonder if there's like more production that's going into this season because you know we'll talk about spoilers now. If you haven't seen Stranger Things season three already, um, and you what are you doing? Yeah, or like if you're not interested in it, you don't care. If that's fine too. But you know. If you're watching it now and haven't seen what happened in season three, just fast forward a couple minutes. We'll be talking about our our uh, birth years and horror movies and stuff. But um, obviously Hopper dies, quote unquote, um, and we're, we see him in some kind of winter landscape. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing from the CBR article was that um, the the title of the first episode is called Chapter One, The Hellfire Club. And they point out that it's related to the X-Men. So the theme Mm. for this season might be comic book related things. I doubt we're going into superpowers and stuff like that in Stranger (laughs) Things, but anything is possible, of course, with, you know, Eleven has superpowers. Um, Yeah. So I'm, I I wasn't like super excited for season three when it came out. Cause I thought season two is a bit of a, a downer. Yeah, me too. Um, but after season, like the ending of season three was just super, super good. Um, yeah. One of like the most emotional moments in like TV history, at least from what I've watched. And I think you as well could can relate to that. Um, yeah, I was crying so much. Yeah, it was really, really sad. Um, and I think it just goes to show that we're both so sad that it's not coming out for another And it just shows how popular the show still is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like fans are like hanging on to any rumor, any like set photo that comes out. I saw 
like I think it was last week, um, Millie Bobby Brown and David Harbour went on Instagram live and they were like on the set. They didn't show anything, but David Harbour was like covered in like dirt or something. And everyone was freaking out because it's just like a tiny morsel of a tease. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think people are still so obsessed and I just, I cannot wait for the new season. Yeah. And it'll definitely be the most ambitious out of them so far. I mean, last season with the, the possession aspect with, um, Billy, Billy. Yeah. I almost said Dacker Monk on I couldn't remember his, his in-game, <laughs> name, in-game name, his, his God of too many video games, his, uh, his, character, his character name. Um, uh, and you know, the whole emotional aspect of Joyce moving everybody out of town at the end. And the fact that, um, Hawkins was just this site of such destruction at the mall and everything like that. Just awesome. I, I'm really excited to see what kind of period they go to with the theme because every season has a, a specific uh, call back to a, a famous time in, in pop culture history. And mm-hmm. if it goes on this like X-Men route, it'll be a crazy uh, angle because – you know, we got Eleven's backstory a bit when it comes to how she gained her telekinetic powers and everything like that, and trying mm-hmm. to fit in as a kid in society with um with Hopper. But you know, that whole—I remember all the memes about when she went to go find out like where she came from in her like origin story. Yeah, and she, I hated all of that. She went full emo and stuff like that. It was like. <laughs> all the Paramore memes of like, of this is what you listen to. It's like me before I listened to Paramore and me after I listened to Paramore, like my chemical <laughs> romance and all those bands. Um, so like, it'd be super cool to kind of get out of the whole alien, like Demogorgon type of place. And what, what was it called? The, the mind master. What do they call that thing? I can't remember what it's called. The giant alien. The Demogorgon. No, 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 no. The the big one. The Mind Flayer. The Mind Flayer. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like, if it gets a little more grounded in in uh, human characters, I think would be cool instead of going yeah. about, um the aliens and stuff and the upside down because that's kind of been concluded, right? They killed the Mind Flayer. It's the end of that. We can go somewhere else now. Um, but yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty two. Sad news. Gotta wait. Very sad. So yeah, that's your horror news roundup. Not much going on in the world. Of course, Mortal Kombat comes out today. Well, we're listening to we're recording this the day before, but Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat on Friday, April twenty third. Super excited for it. Um, you know, we'll give it a watch if it's horror related in the slightest, which it's <laughs> horror. It's horror adjacent as close as you can get to it, um, and uh, a fan favorite of mine. So we're both going to watch it if it's worth reviewing we'll talk about it on the podcast next week but no promises ahead of time and uh yeah let us know what you think of not only the delay of stranger things but the conjuring the devil made me do a trailer now time to get into our topic for the day which is the best horror movies from the year we were born which is a terrible name for this episode because there are no good horror movies from the year that i was born <laughs> let's get into them you have a few you have two don't don't <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, All the movies from my year suck. Um, But, you know, we have obviously other things to talk about. Like the horror movies that came out from both the years that we were born, only a year apart, don't define the years. And if they did, God, what crappy years they would have been. Um, Yes. So do you want to go in order? You want to talk about because I was born a year before you? (laughs) 
Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Okay, cool. So just quickly talking about things that went on in the in the world in 1993. Um, this is even before I was born because I was I'm a September baby. Um, Bill Clinton became president of the United States of America. Um, so that was a a pretty landmark moment. People know Bill Clinton, um, and other things include <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I'm just trying to sell 1993, and I just it's just not going well. Um, I loved Power Rangers growing up as a kid. They debuted on Fox Kids. I but Fox Kids, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, you don't remember Fox Kids? Oh man, you must have been a were you Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon, Disney Channel. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember getting into Disney Channel until I was like pre high school musical. Uh. No, I was into I was into Disney before High School Musical, um, but High School Musical was the like that was like the Stranger Things event. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, High School Musical Friday, eight p.m. You gonna watch? Oh, of course. And yep. then just Troy Bolton and Gabriella just singing. What was that start, start of something? Start of something new. Oh god, <laughs> what memories! What memories! Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I loved the Power Rangers growing up as a kid. So they debuted on Fox Kids when, in the year I was born. Um, 1993 also marks the first year in which Bill Nye the Science Guy aired in syndication, which is crazy. For it's anyone, pretty cool. Anyone who cares. <laughs> Nobody cares about this. My year sucks. Um, and then in terms of like big movies that came out, it was a, definitely a big year for movies. Like We had Sleepless in Seattle. We had mm. Philadelphia. Jurassic Park. Natalie's Worst Nightmare. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, R.I.P. Robin Williams, uh, the, fu- one. the Fugitive. It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. Um, and another movie that I watch, like it's a very important movie in, in the history of the cinema, um, but a movie I watched for the first time as a junior in high school, I want to say. Um, and I remember coming home and you know, once I named the movie, this all makes sense. My mom was like, you watch that movie? In class, like <laughs> that's a heavy movie to watch, um, and that is Schindler's List. Oh, yeah! I had no idea where you're going with that, and yeah, I actually didn't have to watch that in school. I think I just watched it on my own accord, and it is very heavy. Yeah, my social studies teacher at the time, who I loved to death, she was great. Um, watched that movie, and I'm Jewish, so watching that movie in class um, mm-hmm. in a I was I was born in Long Island in a you know very Jewish neighborhood, um, and everyone who's wondering there was there were four elementary schools because it was such a big town, and there was a Hebrew school for every elementary school as well. Just, oh, really? Yeah, very big thing. Like everyone talked about like Sweet Sixteens and confirmations and stuff like that. It was like for me, it was Bar and Bat Mitzvahs growing up. Uh huh. Um, but when I moved, not a very Jewish town at all, um, and watching Shinzo's list and just like obviously knowing the impact of the Holocaust and, and uh, everything that transpired during world war two, I'm watching the movie like, Holy hell, this is, Oh man, this is tough to watch. And like, I'm probably just looking around at my classmates and they're like, uh, what is this? It's like the Holocaust. It's terrible, but why are we watching this? I don't know. Yeah. Everyone has their own experiences. Um, But yeah, definitely a movie that looking back on it now, I've been like, I don't know if I would show that to, if I was a teacher to, 17 year olds maybe yeah i don't know i feel like i would just to be like understand it was this serious kind of thing because i feel like teenagers obviously teenagers 
hopefully all know um, the impact of the Holocaust. But I feel like as maybe as even younger kids, just showing them a movie and being like, this was real. This is what happened would like shake them up a bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, I haven't been to school in years, <laughs> let alone a high school or middle school. Um, so, True. I can't even relate. It feels like 200 years ago. Don't yeah. know. I would love to know if they're still showing that movie in classes or um, how they go about teaching like that time period with like World War One, the Great Depression and World War II. Um, mm-hmm. I was a huge history buff when I was in school. I was like, I'm going to be a social studies teacher. And I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Not crapping on social studies teachers at all. You're all great. Yeah. You're all amazing. Just not for me. Um, yeah. And I personally can't deal with kids, especially adolescents. That would be my worst nightmare. They'd be like, hey, Mr. Mello, you're a loser. I'd be like, shut the fuck up, Jimmy. <laughs> That's not for me. Not for I me. would just cry. <laughs> not for you to cry. I'd be like, Mr. Mora, you stink. <laughs> I was school, Billy. I made my teacher cry today. Oh, okay. Let's talk about why that's not okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, showing this list. Uh, and then kind of horror adjacent, um, most notable one for me uh, is Army of Darkness. Obviously way more campy uh, than Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. And it gets away from kind of the, the horror element. It's more of a comedy than anything. But mm-hmm. those are those are the big okay. movies from my year. Those are pretty good. I thought you were going to say that there is literally nothing. Well, I mean, there's like Demolition Man, which <laughs> you probably don't care for, but I loved that movie when I was a kid. Never seen it. It's got Sly Stallone and Wesley Snipes and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> yep. Um, Days and Confused. All right, all right, all right. That's a good one. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, the legend. Um, and then... I don't know, like spoof movies like Hot Shots Part 2, which I watched as a kid because of my older stepbrother, and that movie's really, really funny. It's got Tiger Blood himself, Charlie Sheen. Um, <laughs> Menace to Society. Um, what else? Pelican Brief. Yeah. Some good overall movies, just not great mm-hmm. horror movies. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Um, okay. Let's get into your horror movies because I'm sure you're so excited to talk about them. But let's take our first quick break and then we'll be right back. All right. Go for it. Let's hear them. I really don't want to. Can we just talk about Wayne's World 2 instead? That also came out. (laughs) We could. I love Wayne's World. Um, All right. Party time. Excellent. Let's get into the horror movies that came out in my year. First off, I'm going to get this one out of the way because it's not horror at all. But for some reason, it appeared on this list. And that is the 1993 Disney classic that everyone watches when Halloween rolls around. And that is Hocus Pocus. That is a great one. I love that movie. I love that movie, too. It's not horror. Okay. <laughs> but it appeared on this list that I looked at. And, you know, that's going Couldn't for like... ignore it. Some editor was like, you know, you got to hype up 1993 more. This, this list. Yeah. Starts. And they were like... <laughs> Hocus Pocus came out, and they were like, perfect, working the angle. It scared kids. as They were afraid of evil witches and their grandmothers potentially working with the dark arts. And the writer's like, I guess. If <laughs> if I have to do this, sure. Um, but yeah, like, is Hocus Pocus your favorite Halloween movie? Like, for kids? Or do you go with, for- like, Disney? Like, uh, I go Halloween Town. 
I would think Hocus Pocus, I like it more because I've watched it more times. I feel like before Disney Plus, I could never find Halloween Town. I would just like illegally stream it sometimes and that was troublesome. Whereas Hocus Pocus, it's on almost every day during October. So I've just seen it so many times. I think I would go Hocus Pocus. What was the, uh, there was another one. Oh, there's no. like I, I think there's a bunch of Disney ones. Like Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. That's, That's a classic. Yeah. Which is like not to be confused with "I've Got a Date with the President's Daughter" because that one <laughs> had, a, had a super catchy song. My date with the President's Daughter. Oh, I love that movie. Um, <laughs> this should have just been a Disney episode, Natalie. We didn't have to crap on my birthday or like this. Um, sure. Phantom of the Megaplex, also a great movie. You don't I don't remember? Think I've seen that one. You don't. Well, that one's so good. It's about a, a phantom, like Phantom of the Opera, but in the, in a megaplex. It's amazing. Oh my god, that's so funny. You gotta to watch, watch that one. It's it's gotta be on Disney Plus. Um, Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus, Phantom Megaplex, Mom's Got a Day with a Vampire, and what's the other one? I remember. Um, Under Wraps. Do you remember that one about the mummy? Mm-mm. Do you? What, what is your taste in Disney Channel original movies? Are you like a Xenon person? I did like Xenon. Xenon's great, but Brink? We, we have this conversation all the time. I've seen, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Brink. Oh, um, Haunted Mansion? That was a movie, though. I don't think that was like a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, I know, but it was Disney. It was, yeah, it was. I, my grandma <laughs> took me to see that movie. With, that was uh, a good movie. Eddie Murphy's in that, right? Yeah. That was late, wasn't it? Two thousand and five, four. Mm, I don't remember. Couldn't tell you. Early two thousand, two thousand three. Three. Okay, even earlier. Yeah. Um, I'll put the Disney conversation to bed right now. But it's <laughs> the best Disney Channel original movie ever made. All right, we can move on. Um, so yeah, Hocus Pocus, and then the other three ones that I picked out here are just awful. We'll start with one that I haven't seen, and I just don't want to see it. And I'm sure it's a lot of people's favorite movies. Um, that's Leprechaun. Now, obviously, Leprechaun is a, it's more of an American uh, horror comedy as well. Um, obviously, telling the tale of a evil Leprechaun trying to. <laughs> I, it, the plot is so silly. As people hunt to take the gold away so that he can go away. Like, getting yeah. gold is the answer to vanishing the Leprechaun. Yes, I watched this movie like years and years and years ago, but I've seen it. That's the only one out of the entire series of Leprechauns that I've seen. I just, no interest in it whatsoever. Um, but interesting fact about it is that it's actually Jennifer Aniston's film debut. Yeah, that that makes sense. It checks out. I was going to say Jennifer Aniston, but I didn't realize it was her first movie. Yeah, that makes sense. She looks so young in that movie. Isn't that crazy? Like, I th- there's so many cases in Hollywood where actors like that have starred in a horror movie that people don't remember. And, and then they abandoned the genre like it was nothing. Well, I mean, would you rather be in five Leprechaun movies or in Friends? <laughs> from like a from a non-financial standpoint, Leprechaun. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to move on. Um, Not a Friends fan. Of course, Warwick Davis is also uh, in in the Leprechaun series. Uh, people know him from, you know, things like the Star Wars movies. But I think most kids um, from our generation would remember him as uh, Professor Flitwick from the Harry Potter series yeah. and also Griffith. Um, 
And that's Leprechaun. I, I don't really want to talk much about this movie. I haven't seen it. And giving an opinion on it would be terrible because <laughs> I just haven't seen it. Um, now let's get into the two movies that I have seen. And that is, first off, Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Now, <laughs> God, this one is right up there with just movies I've never wanted to see, never had to see, but for the sake of the Friday the 13th franchise and just watching all of them, yeah. you got to watch it. Now, let's start off with the most obvious thing. One, it's called The Final Friday. This is not the final Friday the 13th movie that came out. Nope. So, automatically, F- minus for marketing. <laughs> Just a terrible decision. Um, this one comes off the back of Jason Takes Manhattan, which is also a bad movie, but that's a bad movie. That's a good one. That's a bad, good movie. Yeah. Um, no, a good, bad movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Jason having a boxing match on top of a, a building in New York City is exactly what we want. We don't want this storyline where they decide to have Jason hop through bodies and possess different people. It just gets extremely out of control and it's, it's super silly. Um, it's very much a, a, a point of we've run out of ideas. <laughs> what do we do? And this was the answer. Uh, Jason goes to hell. The whole idea of um, a special dagger that has to be used to kill Jason. And that's what sends him to hell and blah, 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 blah. It's it's so stupid. But the best part about this movie is that at the end of it, this is where we get the the first scene of yeah. the Freddy vs. Jason crossover because um, at the end, Jason's mask is just chilling there and Freddy Krueger's claw hand pops out, grabs the mask, and drags it down into hell, which is awesome. That's Everyone was like, oh, crap. We're going to get... Freddy versus Jason, the nightmare versus the monster. It's going to be amazing. Now, this came out in 1993. Freddy versus Jason didn't come out until 10 years later. <laughs> that is fucked up. They really played everyone. Imagine watching this movie in theaters, though, and then seeing that at the end. I would have, like, screamed at the top of my lungs. Right? That's like... <laughs> like up, out of excitement. That's like up there with, like, Thanos being like, I'll do it myself. And you're like, <laughs> Whoa! What's going to happen in Marvel? I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, like in between Jason Goes to Hell and Freddy vs. Jason, we got Jason X. And Jason yeah. X is just, for me, one of the best in the Friday series. The The gore is awesome. The, the kills are awesome. Uh, the storyline is goofy as all can be. But it's um, it's Jason in space. And I might sound like a hypocrite being like, well, the last one sucks. This one's just way better. Um have you seen Jason X? Yes. I like all of these ones blur together a little bit, but I will say Jason Goes to Hell might be like the worst one. And Jason Takes Manhattan is like an all time guilty pleasure. It, yeah. It, I, look, at this point, this is what? Part nine? Yeah. We all know they were just milking it at this point. Um, but, you know. It it was so bad that I'm sure they were like, look, we got to can this for a while because it was <laughs> it was eight years until we got Jason X. Um, I can't believe that. That's so mean. I know. Um, to just like set up a major crossover like that. <laughs> yeah. Ten years, and I'm sure nobody like back then. Who knows? Like now with like end credit scenes and all the major franchises that we're all a fan of. Whenever mm -hmm. there's like a, a a reveal like that, we're all that ties us over, and we're like, all right, we know the result is coming. 
yeah. a year and a half, or in the case of something like Marvel, a couple months down the line, you know, they've been killing it with the Disney Plus shows. You have like no time to breathe at all. WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, I know what you're super excited for. Um, mm-hmm. This, though, in 1993, to wait 10 years for Freddy vs. Jason, and then also to give us the, I don't want to say pile of crap, but it's not a good movie overall, which is Freddy vs. Jason. I don't like that movie. I like it, but just, like, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not like I'm going to come out and say, like, this was really well made and the script and the acting were amazing. No, but, like, it's a good one. When's the last time you watched that movie? Um, I watched it a couple years ago during the Halloween season. Okay, so you remember the scene where Kelly Rowland gets smacked with a machete and flies 100 meters backwards. I think we talked about this when we were when we did our Friday the Thirteenth, maybe our in one of our episodes. Yeah, well, I'm bringing it up again. That, so funny. I hate those types of like it's so unrealistic. One, if you hit her with a machete that hard, she'd get chopped in half. Mm-hmm. Two, why are we using Kelly Rowland in a scene like this where she's flying? <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> Kelly Rowland deserves better in Freddy vs. Jason. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Jason versus the final fr- no. Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Mm-hmm. Just a movie that lost the plot uh, completely. Um, but this last one, I go back and forth on because uh, it's classified as a romantic horror movie, and there are some good ones out there. Um, mm-hmm. None that come to my mind off the top of my head. But there are some good ones. Um, Warm Bodies not being one of them. And <laughs> God damn it. this was a franchise um, that also is in that similar genre. Um, mm-hmm. Some out there might, I don't know if this exists, but it might be the inspiration for Warm Bodies. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead 3. Now, Return of the Living Dead, we talked about during the zombie episode of March Madness, talking about how there was a disagreement um, from the creators of Night of the Living Dead um, about which direction to take the franchise after how popular Night of the Living Dead was. Mm-hmm. Obviously, George A. Romero became a megastar in the genre and is uh, the godfather, safe to say, of, of the genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Return of the Living Dead went in a different direction. Now, Return of the Living Dead is more campy. Uh, it's It doesn't take itself as seriously um, as some of Romero's films did. Uh, you know, the first one did really well. The second one, uh, if you guys remember correctly, got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so. Saying something. Says something, indeed. Um, and then we got the third one, which is Return of the Living Dead. And... Oh man, this movie. <laughs> oh, it's it's directed by Brian Usna. Now, Brian Usna is uh, an icon for multiple reasons in the genre. Uh, most notably, everyone knows Reanimator, um, mm-hmm. one of the best horror movies, um, and a movie that I was turned on to from uh dead meat because i believe that's also his favorite it's james's favorite horror movie um and he also did a kill count on this movie called society which is a body horror film talking about um you know uh the rich and society and just different angles of life and that movie is bizarre as hell (laughs) 
That's a if you want a weird movie to watch, watch that movie. That movie is I'm checking out crazy. Um, and he also co-wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that one. That's a, that's a career twist. Yeah, um, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, Part Four, Initiation, which is the bug one. I hate that one. Um, <laughs> also did Bride of Reanimator. So, you know, some cult classics in there. But Return of the Living Dead Three focuses on. Uh, you know, this corpse that is exposed to the trioxin gas they've established in their franchise as being the, the thing that reanimates uh, people into uh, evil, brain-hungry zombies. And, like, I just... <laughs> I've never seen this movie, so this is why I'm saying nothing. <laughs> it, it's better than the second one. It's better than the okay. second one. Um but like, I'm just gonna read a paragraph from the um, synopsis. The synopsis, yeah. <laughs> Julie becomes hungry, and Kurt drives him to a store. <laughs> a gang of punks talk to her about uh, a gang of punks talk about her as she's eating snacks on the floor. Kurt becomes angry and accidentally hits one of them. During the ensuing brawl, one of the gang shoots the shopkeeper. Julie bites the shooter. Julie's a zombie. The alarm goes off and the gang flees. While Kurt and Julie are in a van with the wounded shopkeeper, Julie is overcome by her hunger for brains and attacks him, eating some of the brains before Kurt stops her. <laughs> it's a good setup. <laughs> if that interests you, go watch the movie. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. I, I don't really like much of these Return of the Living Dead movies. The ones that followed it, Return, Rave of the Grave or whatever, Rave to the Grave. Mm. Uh, the last one that came out, ne- Necropolis. All these movies are just bad. So many. Like, why couldn't Dawn of the Dead have come out when I was born? <laughs> why did I get Return of the Living Dead 3? You're not blessed. I'm not blessed. This movie just stinks. I, <laughs> I, I go back and forth on it because, like, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. If there's like a zombie marathon or something, um, mm-hmm. it's good like background fodder, just to have noise coming out of your <laughs> your giant screen. Um, and it's not reviewed poorly. Like it's got a 58% of Rotten Tomatoes, um, with an average rating of 4.56 out of 10. So very much average. Um, mm-hmm. What's crazy though is that Entertainment Weekly actually gave it a B plus. Um, as a quote from the Wikipedia article here saying, it's chock full of brain munching zombies, campy dialogue, and gross anato- oh, ana- <laughs> anatomical that was, that was tough um, effects. But it's that touch of amore um, or amore uh, that makes this one so special. Now, mm. I have to imagine that's mostly credited to Yuzna because Yuzna obviously is, is great at the kind of body horror-esque mm-hmm. type of, of movies, of course, Reanimator and uh, Society, but I don't know, this one just doesn't do it for me. Yep. I have no interest in watching it. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I didn't sell you on it. That, that was my goal. Um, yeah, there are just so many other better zombie movies to watch. It's um, one, The Night of the Living Dead, just a classic, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Yeah, like <laughs> too many of the dead. I'm over it. What else do you want to call them? <laughs> it's of the dead. Everything. 
of night. the living dead. Night, dawn, day, land, diary, survival, return, return, army, um, day. I said day. Uh, children. <laughs> it, Sean, how can we forget Sean? There you go. So yeah, interesting. There are so many other zombie movies I wish came out the year I was born. <laughs> awesome. Well. Are we saying the best horror movie from 1993 was Hocus Pocus? Because I'm down to brand that. <laughs> yeah, we can brand that. Um, they, might, they might come for us. But... It's the best horror movie from 1993. Yeah. Eh. Jason Goes to Hell is nowhere close. Maybe I'll give like the Leprechaun franchise some love and see. You know. Yeah. Jennifer Anderson's film debut has something to say for it. Um, yeah. Return of the Living Dead 3. Like I said, I go back and forth on it today. It sucks. Tomorrow, it might be better. But today, it stinks. Um, so, Hocus Pocus, congratulations. I guess Army of the Darkness, too. Um, yeah, I think that counts. I really like that movie. Uh, I love all the Evil Dead movies. Um, the scene where he's... I don't remember the last time you saw Army of Darkness, but the scene where he's in like the castle. Oh, wow. He's standing in a castle, and he's fighting a guy, and he shoots him with a shotgun. And he's just like around a crowd of people, and he's like, "This is my boomstick." <laughs> oh, it's and just crappy special effects skeletons and everything like that. Give me that over anything like that. I, I would say Army of Darkness is the closest, but I'm again, that's super campy. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it counts. All right, let's fast forward one year, and. There are a lot of good movies, and then again, for the horror movies, there's not that many, but there's one that I really love, one that's, like, decent, and then a couple I haven't seen. Okay, we'll get into it. So, out of 1994, just movies in general, it was a big year for movies. We had Pulp Fiction, The Lion King, The Shawshank Redemption, and Forrest Gump, all, like, critically acclaimed like some of the best movies ever. If you go on IMDb's like top 250, they're probably in like the top 10, all of them. Maybe not Pulp Fiction, but it should be. Um, all of these are such good movies. There's also in 1994, The Mask with Jim Carrey. Oh, a classic. One. I love that movie. Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Brad Pitt was busy this year. Um, and The Little Rascals. It's a good one. Little Rascals is a good one. I actually. I totally forgot. I quoted the mask early in this episode. It wasn't me. It was the <laughs> Iron Man. Oh, God. I, one, love Jim Carrey. Two. Same. That's probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie. That or Ace Ventura 2. So, I, off the list, I mean, I had what? Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. Probably. Mm-hmm. It's like the two most like critically acclaimed movies from my year. You have three movies that are up there for like greatest movie of all time. Um, yeah Pulp Fiction Shawshank and Forrest Gump that's crazy and then obviously Lion King is Lion King yeah it's great arguably the best Disney movie of all time that's crazy (laughs) yeah I remember when we were talking about this I was like I know like Pulp Fiction came out the year I was born but I didn't realize all these other ones so the world of pop culture was doing big things in 1994 um and then otherwise there are a few other really big moments in 1994 um amazon was founded like what the fuck i had no idea it's crazy because you know growing up and then obviously more so now 
Amazon has just been such a staple in the world. It's just huge. It's like with Google, with Apple, it's it's huge. So I had no idea it was founded in 1994, um, but now I do. And that's an interesting fact. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. I, if you would have asked me, like, when was Amazon founded, I would have been like, I don't know, the 80s or something, maybe like early 90s. I don't know. But yeah, there was also the PlayStation launched in late 1994. Added that fact for you on there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, just, <laughs> gaming news. Pander to me. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then a sad one. This happened in April 1994. So this is before I was born because I was born in nineteen in July 1994. Kurt Cobain died. R.I.P. Terrible. Was a huge fan of him growing up and was never alive when he was. So sad. 1994 was a crazy year, apparently. Yeah. I also had, I think, I believe Rodney King's testimony was also. During, in 93. In 93. 90. Yeah. Um, and oh, also the 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 World Trade Center, the first attack on the World Trade Center buildings, um, was also in my year, I think. But I was born for, well, I was alive rather, um, <laughs> for less than a year of Kurt Cobain being on the planet. And as a kid, I had no clue. I should have known. Yeah, I, I was walking the same earth as the time as the great Kurt Cobain. That's crazy. I know. It's really interesting. It's just weird to think like we were when we were alive during these years, like, well, I wasn't alive in 1993, but just in the early 90s, it's like, what were we even doing? We were just babies. We had no rec we had no awareness of anything, any of the great pop culture moments going on. We had to watch it back as if we weren't alive. No, I know. And like, think of like the year that or the year, the week that we've just had, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like, uh, for uh, this first one, you probably won't know or care about, but the the guy who created Overwatch, Jeff Kaplan, who's like worked on World of Warcraft, one of the biggest video games, he left mm -hmm. the company, which was a huge story. Oh, in the, really? In the gaming world, yeah. Um, then uh, in the footballing world, um, that's real football. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm, an, I'm an American, but it's real football. Um, mm -hmm. The European Super League had all of Europe in distress. Um, uh -huh. The entire world on what was basically described as the brink of the death of football as we know it. Um, and then also the biggest uh, uh, story from last year was uh, now happened this week, of course, was uh, the Derek Chauvin verdict that had um, been uh, come to, or they, they came to the verdict this week in the case right. of mm -hmm. um, announcing him guilty. Like, it's just a crazy week in terms of society and stuff going on in the world. Yeah. And I feel like it's like every week now it's something like that, that it's like, ever, <laughs> I don't want to say ever since Trump became president, but it's like, since like his like campaign and everything, it's just been whew, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of news, a lot of history, um, some good and some bad that, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We're, Definitely living through history. Things are happening. Yeah, we're definitely living through history. I mean, like, we don't talk about much about politics on the show or what's going on in the world, of course. But, man, I can't just think, like, how great it's been for the past four months to not have to worry about – not even worry, but just, like, don't even think about what the president is tweeting or what the president – just know mm -hmm. the president is governing the world. 
or governing the, the country rather um making an impact on the world <laughs> it's just it, it felt like a crazy like weight off of everyone's shoulders i'm sure and yeah you know again we don't talk much about politics on the show but just overall crazy what's happened in the past week like i've never seen the response like uh to what happened in the sporting world with the europeans <laughs> just crazy yes. stuff yeah, I've, I saw so much on social media, and it's like that's like I'm not really involved in that because it is sports. But just like seeing so many people react, and then all the tweeting and everything, even at work, I'm just like, what is this? Is like a moment. This is a huge thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even just the moment anymore, right? I know we're getting on a tangent now, but like, <laughs> especially with with um with the the Chauvin trial, right? It's like yeah, following the trial, it's the announcement of the verdict that has been reached, right? It's watching the verdict and hearing the verdict be read aloud. It's the response to the verdict. Mm -hmm. And then it's all of the bad takes on social media that companies have in result of the verdict. Like, I don't know if you saw the, the Las Vegas Raiders, the NFL team tweeted out a photo that said, I can breathe. Yes. Assuming that it's like, it's a breath of a sigh of relief in terms of the the result of the, of the the trial, but like the, the wrong messaging at the time right it's like the it, people were like this these are shirts that people wore in response to eric garner dying mm-hmm. and it's like uh it's like none of these brands use their brain or like it's so stupid nancy pelosi saying thank you for sacrificing your life yeah Floyd. i'm like dude <sighs> yes i saw that video and was like i'm getting off twitter for the entire day <laughs> that, that, watch this shit. That's, you know it's just to realize like i've had enough of social media for the day i'm off yeah. this and that's a when you reach that point, <laughs> time to go to bed. Yeah, a hundred percent. So let's get back into a time yeah. where we didn't have to deal with social media, <laughs> probably for the best. Um, so we'll get into the horror movies that were from 1994, but we're gonna take our final break and we'll be right back. Okay, so a time where there was no social media in 1994. I think my favorite horror movie from 1994 was Interview with the Vampire, a really, really great movie where um, if I watch it today, I probably won't think it's one of the best movies. But when I watched this in middle school, however old I was, like 10 or 11 or something, was obsessed. 10? How old are you in middle school? 11? No, I'm talking about watching this movie at 10 years old. Oh, yeah. I was like a big just a horror. And my, if my parents would wa- let me watch it, we'd go to the library and rent some movies. Okay. No, um, I mean, that's fine. I just like, I think I was like 17 year olds watching like <laughs> Schindler's List and dealing with the, the heaviness of the Holocaust. And you're like 10 years old. It's like Tom Cruise is a vampire. <laughs> I was obsessed with vampires um, back in the day, which led me to my true blood obsession. But, Facts. um, <laughs> This movie so good. It stars Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise um, and Kirsten Dunst as a little girl. She was so good. She got a Golden Globe nomination for her role. So that's pretty cool. Um, This is based on a book and it's basically like a circular ending. So the beginning, it starts with um, the Brad Pitt vampire character being interviewed. That's why it's called Interview the Vampire. And he basically just like tells his entire life story, um, how he was turned into a vampire by the Tom Cruise character, their whole life together. They kind of like raised Kirsten Dunst as a little girl as a vampire. Um, 
So just like, honestly, as a young person, it was a really compelling story that I thought was so good. I watched it so many times and throughout, like just throughout being a preteen and all of those years, I really loved this movie. Um, so yeah, seeing this on the list of 1994, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, obviously didn't watch it in 1994, but it's a good movie. And I, again, if I watched it today, I might not agree, but it has a special place in my heart. That says something. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Um, the role, uh, you know, kids our age will be like, oh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Mary Jane, mm-hmm. like Spider-Man, um, bring it on. Right? Like, yes. No. Interview with the Vampire. That's Kirsten Dunst for a lot of people. And also mm-hmm. just an iconic role, uh, an iconic movie. I definitely share your love for vampires. Um, I feel like we've shifted away from vampires as a um, popular pop culture trend. Yeah, I agree. Which stinks, because all I can think of from high school and college is how popular vampires were. You had Twilight, you had Vampire Diaries, and of course, the best of the bunch, True Blood. Um, Mm -hmm. We're getting a remake whenever it comes. (laughs) Just don't don't ruin something that we both cherish so Mm -hmm. near and dear to our hearts. Um, But yeah, Interview with a Vampire is one of the the all-time great vampire movies. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. I'm like, I want to rewatch it, but it's just been, I probably, the last time I watched it was probably high school. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I want to rewatch it, but then I don't want it to be like, this is silly. I don't know. I probably won't. Cause you know, when it's just so nostalgic factor, it's like, it could be completely terrible, but you just love it so much. We talk about that a lot on this podcast and it's very true. Yeah. I can't think <laughs> of, what's like the number one example of something that I cherish that going back and look at it is terrible. Maybe like the original Mortal Kombat movies, first thing, since mm-hmm. we were talking about them. The second one is so bad. There's a YouTube video that's called The Worst Line in Script Writing History. <laughs> and it's from the second movie. And the the character Katana just goes, Mother, you're alive. Because she thought her mother was dead, right? She had no clue. <laughs> she goes, Mother, you're alive. First time seeing her in forever. And the mother just turns to her and goes, Too bad, you will die. <laughs> it's just so bad it's so bad but looking i was like mortal kombat was one of the first games i played as a kid um Mm -hmm. so yeah i wasn't being hypocritical when i said 10 when i said you were 10 years old watching this movie for the first time because i was playing mortal kombat at the age of like six my mom was like supervising (laughs) i was just like yo so cool mortal kombat in a movie and looking back on oh it's so bad that's so funny um and then the next one is new nightmare one of the nightmare on elm street movies this movie is like is decent it's definitely not my favorite um but this one is the different line of continuity because this one is like a whole like meta experience where heather langkamp the woman who plays um, nancy in the original movies she comes back but it's like she plays herself and she was like the star of the movies and then basically freddie is like real in real life um and it's like about her raising her kid and then the kids all messed up because of freddie and i mean it's a cool concept like it's not one of my favorites but it i think it's cool how they did this yeah um you know people will be like west craven scream that's meta mm-hmm. right new nightmare came before it 
um, and establish this whole idea of, you know, a movie inside a movie, essentially, which what we got mm-hmm. with um, the Scream franchise and, and Stab and all those types of things. But um, I like this one. Um, I don't. Yeah. It's not the worst in the in the series for sure. There are some real bad ones in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, and you know, you talk about Heather Langkamp, a legend of the genre for sure. Uh, she's going to be in Mike Flanagan's new Midnight Club, which is awesome, um, and just uh, a real vet. Um, and I loved this uh, this whole kind of angle they took with it because you know what we talked about with Friday. Same thing with Nightmare. You can't do the same thing of him just invading people's dreams over and over again. It gets boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the the meta storyline that they went with was awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely worth watching if you're a Nightmare fan and haven't watched this one. Um, I think it did pretty well in terms of critic scores. It didn't bomb or anything like that. So worth the watch. Yeah, I think so. And then I had to throw in Leprechaun 2 just because you had Leprechaun on your list. They were quick to make that second movie. They were like, all right, the first one was the best movie we've ever seen. So now we need a second one. No, I'm just kidding. I really hope that wasn't the mindset going into it. (laughs) Um, But I haven't seen that one. So I have nothing really to say there. And then the last one I included on here, it's like, I guess, a superhero thriller horror movie, but it has such a cult following. I've never seen it, probably should, is The Crow. Mm. Have you seen this movie? A long time ago. I haven't seen it recently. Um, Yeah, cult following, massive cult following. Yeah, I want to watch it. Um, This movie starring Brandon Lee, and I guess... I honestly, like, I was familiar with this movie, but I didn't really know the whole story of Brandon Lee died before they finished the movie. That's terrible. Like, I was looking this up the other day or yesterday, and I was like, wait, how did I not even know about this? It's terrible. Yeah. um, Obviously, an American actor, uh, a martial artist, and the only son of the famous Bruce Lee. the story of him accidentally getting killed on on set is absolutely devastating. Uh, crazy. A, a crazy story. I mean, you can go on Wikipedia and read about the death. <laughs> um, you know, it involved like dummy cartridges and a, and a gun during um, a scene they were shooting. And uh, yeah, it was sad. I mean, he was pronounced dead in my year, um, 1993, but obviously the movie came out in 94. Mm-hmm. Just a, a terrible, uh, terrible tragedy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, But yeah, I definitely want to watch this movie. It's one of those movies that I've always been like, oh, everyone like loves this movie. I need to watch it eventually. And nope. Yeah, it's it's, definitely horror adjacent. Right. Um, It's on the Ice Nine Kills album. So (laughs) it made that list. Good enough for me in the genre. And I think they're making, they had a reboot in the works. And then I remember it was like canceled, but then I think it might be back on. I know Jason Momoa was in talks um, to star in it, but I don't know if it's actually back on or not. Oh, that's, I mean, there's some, there's been sequels to it. Uh, you know, there's this mm-hmm. uh, city of angels. I believe it's called is the sequel. Um, there's a, a third film salvation. It's a, uh, a very, I mean, that movie also stars Kirsten Dunst, funny enough. Um, 
it's uh, a tricky one to go ahead and remake, obviously, with the, the huge cult following it has. Um, and, you know, Brandon, Brandon Lee's death will always be tied to that franchise. Uh, yeah. the, the last thing I see here on the Wikipedia page is that Rob Zombie was scheduled to direct a sequel called The Crow 2037, which seems like a cyberpunk kind of future movie. Obviously, 2037 wouldn't really work as a timeline now since we're in 2021. It's only 16 years ahead. And to convince us that, you know, every building is made out of electronics or some shit would be a little hard. Uh, I wish that happened. And then we watched it now being like, no, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, Rob Zombie would be interesting. To see how he yeah. would, um, to spin the the franchise, but uh, it's probably a movie that'll get remade eventually. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. It looks like the original, and then the Crow City of Ang- Angels and the Crow Wicked Prayer are all on HBO Max. Yeah, Tara Reid is in that one. Finger guns. And so is um, Eddie Furlong. Oh yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to watch the first one. We'll see if I'm going to marathon it or not. Just watch the first one. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's 1994, a pretty good year all around, even if there wasn't, you know, a scream or something like that to come out. That was two years later. Um, overall, pretty good. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, the... New Nightmare, I believe, is the last Nightmare movie we got before Freddy vs. Jason as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, so still, nine, ten a years. A long wait. Just, come on. Let's do... Well, I mean, we're in a different time now. If they teased that, that movie would be... They'd have a trailer. They'd have everything like that in a week's time. Um, mm-hmm. Way better movies than my year. I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's not even like out of any like spider or anything. It's like, your year is way better. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what like is the best year for horror. Like, I wonder if there was any year where there was like ten good horror movies. Probably not ten, but like definitely more recent. It probably, I mean, for us, it's probably a year that's been more recent. Yeah. Um, like, what year did Get Out come out? Twenty seventeen, nineteen. Twenty seventeen, I think. All right. What else came out in twenty seventeen? Quick research. <laughs> Click of the keyboard. And oh, wait, mm. oh, was it 2018? It was 2017. Was it really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, uh, we got Rolling Stone Mother. Yep, I was just gonna say that though. No, that was Happy Death Day, a classic. The um, Babysitter, <laughs> didn't see. Oh, yes, we have seen that one. We have seen that movie. <laughs> Um, well, I saw it. I don't know if you ever finished it. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? I saw it. You never finished it. You, you didn't even care. Um, Split, fantastic movie. Creep 2, pretty good. Is that All a... right, this is, not, this is not the best year. No, it's not. I was, I was just like thinking of like all-time greats that have come out. And like my first, yeah. I went to Get Out first. And yeah, these are not all-time greats. <laughs> Creep 2 is, uh, what's his face, right? Duplass? Yeah, yeah. But the first one is better. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Maybe we could do that. Maybe we could look like the five best years in horror yeah. for a future episode. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do our own rankings or one together. Yeah, we should do it. 
Um, okay, cool. Well, the '90s were definitely they were they were a year for horror. Some years were much better than the others, um, but we got really great movies. Um, for anyone listening, you should let us know what your favorite horror movie or the best horror movie, whichever one came out the year you were born, if there were any, if there was like a complete classic, um, let us know. Anyone born in the year Scream came out automatically wins in my book. You are the champion. <laughs> Agreed. All right. So you can leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. You can ask us questions there. You can also tweet at us. My Twitter handle is at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end. And then Max is at Odd Slice. Let us know what you thought of the episode, any ideas for upcoming ones, and the best horror movie, The Year You're Born. Let us know. Thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.